This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a super age, right? We bring you insights on body, mind, and living life to its fullest from some of the super agers around us. Today we have Kathy Smith. Kathy is the ultimate super ager. She's one of the most energetic, passionate, engaged, sporty people I know. And she has been an icon in the fitness industry for for a long time. Kathy knows what she's talking about. So today, without further ado, Kathy Smith. How are you today, Kathy? I'm so great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited the way we met and I love everything you're doing. And I love, I love actually being called a super ager. I'd never been called that before. I take it as a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) You are, you are, if there is one super ager on the planet, it is you, Kathy. And just to frame that, let's tell people, we were going to do this last weekend, but you had some activities. So what did you do last weekend? <laughs> like I recall something about there was zip lining and hiking and I was like, oh my God, amazing. So did you do any of that or you just made yes, that up? Yes, no, oh yeah, I just made it up, of course. I, no, <laughs> no I, 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 am, I love uh, outdoor activities. I love adventure. And I've always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie, not quite as much as I've as I've gotten older, but still um, like the thrill of doing new things. And the new things can, the new thing could be hiking to the top of a waterfall. So we went to Sundance, um, which is in Utah. And there's a group of us, four 25 to 30 year olds, and then two 60 some-ish year olds. And we hiked to the, to Sundance. There was zip lining, which you, you know, go through a training course and zip down a mountain through different stages where you're going 60, 70 miles an hour. And there's Wait, a stop. I just want to stop you for a second. We need to, we need to put some context on this. How old are you, Kathy? Um, even though you should never ask the lady her age. I, no, I, 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 I see, I'm teasing. We, I'm teasing. We, we need, we need to, like, people need like, <laughs> a, they need to understand this. Yeah. No, I am I'm 68. I'm going to be 69 this year. Yes. 69. Okay. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, so yes, I, I, I I have been in the fitness business and world and been involved in fitness my entire life. And I got into the fitness movement uh, because of a tragedy that happened when I was in my uh, teenage years, which you can maybe get into. But the point being, I started young, um, enjoying the idea of taking care of your body, getting lots of activity, clearing your mind out with being in the outdoors, meditating, kind of the things that you know you talk about all the time. And there's just, and that as you start to do this year in and year out, you create kind of a bank account. And that bank account, you store up all this this good reserve. So you do have the energy and the vitality and the desire because some people go, okay, that sounds crazy. I would never want to do that. But I still have the desire to push the limits a little bit. 
And I mean, you have tremendous longevity and an incredible output. I mean, how many books have you done? And, and tapes and you, you do podcasts. I feel like you're just in an endless motion. Yes, um, I have done seven, I'm, I'm trying to think, between seven to nine books. I think there are probably nine books. Wow. Um, a couple of them New York Times bestsellers. So that was, uh, that was exciting. Amazing. I have over 100 DVDs and that I've produced include and apps and other fitness products. But the, the main thing is, I, I think the point is, is that I've cr created um, a working environment and I've created products that reflect the stages of life I'm in. And I think the reason why I get so passionate about it is because when I was just in my 20s and early 30s, we were coming out with high impact aerobics and, 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 and then strength training workouts. Uh, but then, you know, I got pregnant and I came out with pregnancy workouts. And then after the babies, I had a kind of a flabby belly and I came out with tummy trimmer workouts. And, and then it was, then it, I was starting to put on, you know, kind of interesting weight in my 40s and then it got more into the diet aspect. And then, then it became perimenopausal and menopausal on came out through moving through menopause and so it's kind of followed the the trajectory of my life and so what's fun right now is that we are all getting older i'm not alone in this in this journey we are all on and, and that getting older everybody has an idea of what that means but you know i talk to people like after the age of 30 if you're not strength training your muscle mass starts to decline your bone density all these things start happening they're imperceptible in your 30s by the time you get to 40s if you're not doing anything about it you're going to start noticing oh you know what i'm eating the same way but i tend to be getting a, a little pudgy belly here by the time you're in your 50s you're getting the aches and pains and so it's progressive and if you're again you don't do something about it um then you have to, you know, you have to then go back and start from the beginning. So I just, I was one that started early and just saw that you have power and control over how you are going to age. Absolutely. We have a sense of agency there. And I think that, um, you know, this, this is a great demarcation line is that people who feel they can have an effect on that and people who don't. Um, you, you and I share a belief that, you know, um, aging is not this sort of, uh, you know, grim reality that just has to be just suck it up. I mean, there's, there's like all kinds of stuff we can do. And I, there's, it's particularly there's a, there's a phrase that um, you told me once, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. Uh, strong women stay young. Is that, did I get that right? Strong women stay young. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, um, it's something that I've lived by through all these years. And, uh, and, Another part of that saying is maintain, maintain so you don't have to regain. So maintaining is, 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 is maintaining that strength because once you start to lose it and once you start to get the aches and pains and then maybe have to go in for the surgeries to you know, do, replace the knee or the hip or whatever, now we're trying to regain function. And not that those things aren't going to happen. I'm not saying that, 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 that things won't happen in life, but in general, strength is youth. And I have a, um, 
you know, I have a book that I wrote called Feed Muscle, Shrink Fat, because, and the whole beginning of the book is muscle is vitality. We forget that our whole body, not just the exterior, but the interior is muscle. Your heart's a muscle, you know, all, you know, the, the, you know, the lining of your vagina, the, you know, all your pelvic floor, everything in your body is made, you know, your, how do, how do you get your, your elimination through your, um, through your intestinal tract. It's all muscle. And as you see the aging going on outside of your body, that is happening on the inside of your body. If you don't work to maintain those muscles, your face is made up of muscles, all these great muscles that give you the structure of your face. So as you see your neck starting to get a little saggy and crepey and whatever, and not so much that I'm saying it, there's skin issues that we can talk about, but Muscle is underneath all that. And if you maintain the muscle, you maintain um, that elastic, elastic type of nature in your skin and muscles. So anyway, I'm just a big believer in maintaining muscles for, for longevity and youth. Absolutely. And I, I, I share that with you 100%. Um, tell me, why are people resistant to this idea about strength training and keeping muscle mass? I, I'm puzzled by that. What, what do you think that's about? I don't know if it's generational. Um, all right. I, I do see that the younger generation is adapting to uh, the strength training uh, a little more readily and they're accepting it more. There was these misconceptions about Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> testosterone, and getting really, really muscular. So I must have, I had so many talks across the country and so many magazine articles. Won't I get big muscles? Won't I look masculine? And that was probably a 20-year type of addressing that. No, you won't. You don't have enough testosterone. Arnold works out uh, eight hours a day. You will never look like that. Genetically, you can't look like that. But you had to fight against that. And then we also had to go up against the, the just body body types and body positivity. There was a point where just being skinny, skinny was it, you know, skinny is in, skinny is good. And then, then this generation, you have the, you know, the Serena's like on the tennis court. Serena, I'm good friends with Chris Everett. And if you look at Chris Everett and her body, uh, you know, um, in the, 70s and 80s. And she was slightly more what we would call feminine. She had a little feminine body. Serena got strong. She got buff. She got muscles. And all of a sudden we start seeing that on TV and Nike's promoting it. And all of a sudden it's okay to have those, those shoulders that are strong and, and, uh, or something in between that, that, you know, you can go that strong. You can have whatever body you want now. And this body positivity movement, I'm very excited to be a part of, but it's just accepting all the body styles, uh, body types of every, of every woman and man. I tend to work, work more with women, but it's like, I'm very much when people say, oh, they, they use body as defining somebody. And I'm very much, uh, I, I'm very aware of it. And I very much did not do that with raising my children. I always talk about health. I always talk about what your body can do, how it functions, what it can, you know, how it can get you up in the morning and take you on that hikes and not talk about, oh, did I lose three pounds today? Or are my thighs a little thick? So that language is falling by the wayside for a lot of people. And hopefully as you're aging, it definitely falls by the wayside because that's not the defining factor 
factor of how you're going to be healthy and, and vibrant the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, we, before we started the call today, we, we, we were discussing language and this, um, I, I agree with you. We, there are certain words that when I had ageist, um, I still have ageist, when we were at ageist, we have a, we have a spreadsheet of words that are just forbidden. Like they're just, you just can't use them here. Oh, tell uh, me, give me a few of them. I love this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the usual suspects like okay. golden, silver, um, you know, we, we will use the word old occasionally um, only in reference um, to saying that uh, as an age point, but we would never say this person is old or I am old. Um, we don't even use words um, like I don't really like the word boomer. Like what, what value is that word or millennial? Um, I mean, if you talk to somebody who's of those generations and you say like, oh, well, you're a millennial. I, what, that's not, I don't know. It just doesn't feel so good. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of those words of, of sort of that, those typologies that we just don't use. And you were telling me earlier about you had some recent interaction with people who were using the word, they, they were describing themselves as older and then attributing certain characteristics to that. And you said that didn't feel so great. Yes. I'm very sensitive to language. And I think because I've written blogs and books throughout my lifetime, and I've gotten, you know, I've gotten feedback from people. You realize that words can include, be inclusive, and they can exclude. They can define, they can lead you into certain interpretations of things. And I, um, even if, if when you're coaching somebody, the difference between um, what should I do, you know, Kathy, what should I do from uh, for a workout? If I'm, you know, try doing ten push-ups today. How does that feel different than you need to do ten push-ups today? So you need, you have to, uh, you should. Those are all kind of words that when I'm coaching, they're they're they have uh, they immediately say, oh, I need to, oh, I should, as opposed to try or um, this might feel good. Doing ten push-ups today might feel good. If you can do more, great. I mean, there and I've just learned that to coach people so they don't feel so you're not talking down to them, so you're not talking above them, so you're not scolding them. You need to eat your vegetables today, young man. Uh, is different than hey, honey, we have uh, I made you a smoothie. It's haste luscious. Do they need to know there's broccoli and whatever in it? There's just, you really have to start to, I've, I've gotten into the art of language. And so with aging, when, I've, when I'm around all kinds of ages, because it happens, I'm around 45 year olds and they go, oh my God, I'm getting so old. Oh my God, the wrinkles on my face. Oh, Kathy, I can't believe it. I have the saggy skin. I'm so old now. But then, okay, that's one thing. And listen, I'm giving people slack. We all start noticing things at certain times and it's okay to notice and it's okay to acknowledge and it's okay to fret a little bit. And that's okay. It's just, when do you go overboard? And especially I'm going to say once you hit 55 to 60, and then it becomes a thing that if you're saying six to 10 times a day, you know, because I'm older, uh, um, I'm, 
you know, we all have knee problems. I'm older now. Oh, we all have knee. Oh, we all have cold feet because we're older. Oh, sleeping's never good as you get older. You know, these absolute generalizations that you put into your brain that almost become self-fulfilling prophecies. And I've never bought into that. And that's why I love being a young, young people because, and I, because I don't really let, I let my intention take me to where I want to go and I stay strong and I stay active and I stay vital. And I don't have those thoughts every day about aging. Not that I never have the thoughts, but I really don't. I have to say, I really turn the corner in keeping a positive outlook and not being around too many people. Now, the question I have to ask you, since you're an expert on this also, I find in certain arenas, I can bring up anything. When I'm around people that are doing that, I don't really bring it up to them. And usually I just try to avoid or get out of the conversation because it just goes down this rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I go to my, I went to my doctor and my doctor said that, you know, my gut's not good. And because of that, I need to do this. Uh, and I'm never going to be able to eat this again. And it goes into this really right. overwhelmingly negative area. So right. I'm wondering if you have an, an answer for how you deal with people like that. I just smile at them and say, you can change that if you want. Hmm. <laughs> I just walk away. That's nice. <laughs> it's like, that, that's nice. You can live like that if you want. I don't, I, you know, that's your life. Um, like I never tell anybody, um, this is how you should live or, you know, really, I, I feel it's better that um, we present role models. Like we present super agers and we say, hey, you can do this. This is how Kathy does it. You want to, you want to live like Kathy does? This is what Kathy does. That, it, you know, to say this is possible. And I think that so much of where some of those folks are coming from is they're watching a lot of TV um, where they have messages for solutions to imagined problems um, and uh, that, that may actually create other problems. And I, and I think that if um, it's true, there's, there are things like you're, what did you tell me? You're running, you're running 10 minute miles now? You're, which, right? Didn't you tell me something like that? Something well, incredible? I mean, I can run fast <laughs> in 10 minute miles, but I, I mean, I ran a half marathon last year and I ran 13 miles at a 10 minute pace. Right, yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, but if, if, but if you wanted me to run one mile, I could run an eight minute mile, but I can also go to Barry's boot camp and I can run a half mile, you know, at a six minute pace for a half mile. No, no, no a quarter mile, I could run at a six minute. But anyway, I love, I love, yeah, I, I love speed still. And, and you yeah. know, the one thing that I want to, you know, tell your audience and just that when I'm out there talking, it's like training speed, training balance, training strength, training cardio and training being present. I mean, those are sort of parts of this ant, anti, I don't want to, I was going to say this pro-aging movement that I'm really big on, you know, speed, as we start to get older, every decade, we lose speed if yeah. we don't train it. So instead of doing everything, like I'm going out for a walk tonight, go out for your walks, but then go out for a little 100 yard sprint, if you can, you know, or, you know, whatever sprint means to you, but get out there and move that body. So yes, I constantly do that. And, um, and um, I like the way it feels. I, and not only, 
not only how it makes me feel physically, but how it makes me feel mentally. And oh yeah, I love that. You just feel like oh, so yeah. charged up in your brain. Absolutely. I mean, people people ask me they're like they're like you know, David, like why do you lift like heavy weights? I said because it feels awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just like wonderful. Because um, you get I, done and you think, mom, I, I can go start another company or I can. Yeah, go, I well, can. exactly. <laughs> You're just like, uh, you know, you get all the, all the hormones flushing through your body and it's, just, it, you know, it feels amazing. And I, you know, what I like about what you're saying here is that it's, you know, there are things that we have to, to, to live the way we do at our age. It, it takes work. Like it's a conscious effort. You just mm -hmm. can't, you know, get up and go downstairs and, you know, you're going to watch TV all day and eat donuts and, and expect you're going to have a good outcome. You're not. Um, it's, you have to really think about what you're doing. And I, I find for myself anyway, I'm much more conscious about that than, you know, like in my twenties or thirties, when I was 35, I could just like be like, Hey, Kathy, um, let's go for a 15 mile run. Okay, cool. Like I wouldn't even think twice about it, but you know, that I couldn't run 50 miles today. <laughs> that would really hurt. Um, I mean, I could if I trained for it, but, um, you know, that's, anyway, you need, I think you need more of a, a little more of a, con you need to be consciously engaged with your body and your mind now. I'm, do you find that? You've always been engaged though. Well, I, I, I started mindfulness work in my early twenties and uh, it, as you mentioned with, you mentioned running, but it was a co in combination with my running. Uh, and I found that when I would go for my runs and come back and I would feel so much better after the runs. And uh, I, I, I then got into more meditation and more mindfulness practices and, and sitting and just being present in nature or in your house or in your body. And this builds on itself. And so mindfulness about your body. So you start to see the cause and effect of things that you do. Like if you, if you're slouching all day and you're in the couch and you're hunched over your computer and your neck sore at the end of the day, as you get more mindful of that, then maybe you'll start taking breaks and maybe you'll start pulling those doing pulling those shoulders back and doing arm circles or having light weights next to your desk so that you can do some rear flies to pull your shoulders back. And as you're sitting on your butt all day and your lower back starts to hurt, maybe you'll learn three or four yoga poses that you can release that stress. And again, we build every day, we build on this this feedback loop, a feedback loop of, okay, what's going on in my body? And so I do a check-in every morning and every morning is sort of like you just sit and you have your morning matcha, your morning, whatever it might be. You, I step outside to be in the fresh air. I, st I like grounding. I walk in the grass a little bit, but I have a check-in of like, okay, what's going on? I noticed that I'm tired today. My sleep wasn't that great. Let's work backwards then. I go, oh man, I know Kathy's a matcha green tea junkie. I probably had too much tea later in the day or that chocolate, you know, brownie, even though it was made with black beans and avocado or whatever, kept me up. 
that's fine if you want to do it. It's fine if you want to have the beer, the glass of wine, the two glasses. Just start noticing what it's doing to you. And the more you notice, the more you'll make adjustments like, yeah, maybe I can do that sometime. I can't have two glasses of wine a night or I don't sleep well is something that when you're mindful about it, you then start to learn how to make these shifts so that you can feel good every single day. My motto or my you know, my motto is that win the morning, win the day. And the caveat to that is the morning starts the night before because you can't have a great morning unless you get a great night's sleep. And if you want to win the morning and get up feeling vibrant and alert and energized and have a great day, then within the first 30 minutes of that day, I need to get at least five things done. And those five things is I have to, you know, it's a gratitude prayer, it's my energization exercises, it's making my matcha tea, it's getting outside for some, uh, some five minutes of deep breathing, and it's making my bed. And why those five things? Because the making my bed makes me feel organized. It sets the tone. I have a routine. It's my, my, my routine has started. You know, the matcha is a comforting. I make it with a, an almond milk. It's yummy. I like the, the, you know, I put, you know, I, I get some cinnamon going. I like the smells. I like the, the walking in the grass gets me grounded to the earth. Uh, the breathing gets that nitric oxide, nasal breathing going through my body and wakes me up. And the energization exercises really give me that idea that uh, I'm going through every joint in a five-minute little routine and just like, you know, shoulders, knees, hips, toes, little toes, big toes, boom, 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 all the way up the body. And when the morning, when the day. I do that in the first 30 minutes, I mean, the day is going to be great. I don't do that. I sit around, I read and I get into Instagram. I go down a funnel of, as I'm looking at Facebook or I'm looking at um, New York times and I see an ad and then I get into another article that takes me into why Kim Kardashian is having, um, you know, more surgery. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, and I'm teasing a little bit, but you know, you just go yeah. down this rabbit hole of like, and then it's an hour and a half later and you go, what have I done? That's like, I found out why, you know, all, all these other things. So it's just getting a little bit more. I, I think that morning routine is one of my, the highlights of my day, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, I identify with the, uh, to have a good day, you need a good sleep and to have a good sleep, you need to plan for that the day before. And that's something um, I learned from Norma Kamali. She, she was telling me that um, her whole day is organized around the idea of sleeping well that night. Like that's the, the, the purpose of her day, which- I honestly read that and saw and heard that when, um, um, when you interviewed Norma and I thought, I looked at that and you're absolutely right. She, she, she organizes dinners, her social life, uh, you know, her, uh, her life so that she can get a good night's sleep. And I, I, in some ways to other people that might sound, oh, that's so, um, maybe boring. I don't know what comes to mind. Boring, maybe antisocial, maybe whatever it might be. But I do think that each of us have certain areas that we need to protect and sleep is important. I have a little more wiggle room with the sleep. If I get eight hours, and I mean, not if, I need eight hours, but 10 to six is great for me. Um, 
you know, I can go 10, 1030 to 630. That's right. I have wiggle room. I don't have to be in bed at nine at night, but I do need sleep and I can skip it or I can miss it for one night and, and be a civil person. But honestly, you don't want to be around me if I've done it two nights in a row, because I can get a little, uh, I can get a little cranky and that crankiness, even though I try to be polite or whatever comes uh, off with a little being a little impatient. I, I think that the most performance enhancing thing one can do, however they define performance, is sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're not going to do anything else, sleep, <laughs> right? Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked a lot about um, learning, essentially, um, and how you've learned certain things in your life. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I, the way I learn is that um, I try things, I do things, and sometimes they work out, and sometimes they don't work out. Um, and, you know, I've, 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 I fail, I fail at things constantly, <laughs> big things, little things. Um, and I, and I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on, on, like, you know, you were mentioning languaging, um, what your thought is on that word failure, maybe, we, maybe I should be using a different word. And maybe some, something that you've, a learning experience that you've had in that area. Well, to your point, I've had so many learning experiences <laughs> through my life. And um, I don't think I could continue on the path I've been on if I looked at everything that didn't go exactly the way I wanted it, if I looked at it as a failure, because that sets up... Um, Immediately in my brain, I'm bad. I'm no good. Oh, right. I, I right. failed. I failed. I'm no good. And um, in weight training and strength training, failure is a good thing. You work to failure. And when right. you work to failure and you hit that, and if for the audience that doesn't know what that means, it's that last repetition when you're in the strength training world, that last repetition should be the last one you can do because the, 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 you, another one, you will not be able to do it. And now you've reached failure and that's the best place to be because now you're going to stimulate muscle growth and good things are going to happen. And I have found that I dive into things and if they don't work out exactly the way that I want them, that I frame it, and it's, a, it's how you frame things. I frame it as what did I learn from the experience? What did I learn from this? Um, I happen to be, I'll tell you my own experience, but I'm also going to share uh, my daughter's experience. I have a daughter. Her name's Kate, and Kate uh, Grace is an Olympian. She went to the 2016 Olympics, and I've had the privilege of watching her on a national stage, uh, including Rio, and win and lose. And we always talk, you know, there's that, that old TV commercial, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Well, in sports, it's very much right there, front and center. You either win or you don't win. You either win or you lose. And I remember one of her coaches, uh, this was at the nationals uh, or maybe the world championships and Kate came off and she didn't do well. And she was a little weepy eyed and her coach came up to her and said, do I see tears? Are those tears? He goes, in sports, we don't cry. He said, you, he goes, tell me what you learned from the race. And then, and then we call that a victory. You know, then we call, cause you learn and you move on and then you move on to the next thing. It's, it's not that you don't 
feel the impact of, you don't feel maybe a loss or a hit. So let's say we get a hit if something doesn't go your way, but reframing right away and saying, what did I learn? How can I either pivot or move on or grow from this allows you to move to the next thing? Because if you get stuck in, oh, that didn't work and I'm no good and I'm really no good at anything. I'm not good at business. I'm not good. You can let your mind circle down in things. So let me just say, um, um, well, I know I, I, you're still trying to get to the thing that you're doing, Mike. I do have one. I'm going to tell you, Mike. I'm going to tell you one of the things that relates to the audience and stuff. I talk to people all the time about uh, their health, and I tell them that when it comes to health, so many people measure success with that number on the scale. I weigh 135 pounds. Oh my God. Or I weigh 165 pounds. Oh my God. I, I, I gained two pounds today. Oh my God. I'm a failure. I, you know, I've been on this diet for uh, a month. I, I haven't lost any weight. I, I, oh, I'm a failure. And what I like to help people frame it is that that number, that number on the scale is one tiny piece of the whole equation. So I talk, talk to people about creating their own measuring stick. What is important to you? Is being strong and running up a hill important? Is having a good relationship with other people? Is being happy and vibrant and energetic and learning and giving? And let's go down the list of things about your health and well being that are important to you. Do you value um, um, getting a good night's sleep? Is that valuable? Like, since you've been working out, are you getting better? Because I have them check things up. Oh, you've been working out, you get a better night's sleep now. Oh, you get up in the morning feeling, oh, there's 25 things that you feel better about but you haven't lost quite the weight that you wanted. So you considered that a failure. And I talk about creating your own measuring stick. Don't go into other people's version of what a success or failure. So let's get to business. That's what happens in business. There's one, there's one, um, you know, barometer or there's one, way that we measure that or typically measure that, that's do we make money or not make money? And that's in the business world. Oh, I made a lot of money. I, I didn't make a lot of money. To me, it was never like that. And that's why I framed it differently. To me, it was, so let me, I, I, I had a book. It was, uh, I came out with a yoga line with Warner Brothers and I wanted to come out with a book called Flex Appeal. And this is when I turned 50 and I went to my book agent. And I said, I want to do this book. And it's all about rediscovering your sensuality. And it's going to be through a fluid yoga. It's also going to be through mental practices. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And because it was really what I was into, because it was a stage of my life where I was feeling like I needed to re-engage and find that spark again that sometimes we lose when we've been in relationships and to uh, for a long time and have kids and have business issues and marital problems or whatever so i i pitched this book they said yeah let's do it because uh, i'm a pretty good pitch person <laughs> so anyway i i wrote the book i did the book it came out it did not do well at all. So it did not, did, uh, they, I called it Flex Appeal. I think the title, the, the Warners didn't want to go with the title that I want. So they wanted to under, they didn't want to highlight the sensual part and the sexual part as much. And so they called it Flex Appeal. I think part of it is that people didn't understand what the book was about. But the point being is that it did not do well. So on my measuring stick, 
I had a ball making it. I teamed up with an amazing team. It was the most amazing year of my life. It taught me so much. I can go on and on and on of the positive things and did, it didn't make that much money. So is that, a, is in your, in, in most people's uh, vernacular, you know, is that a, is that a success or a failure? I don't go to, it was a failure. I go to, I frame it with all these good things happen. I learned this. I learned what the public wants and what they don't want. And I grew from it. it you know, I, as I'm, we're talking, this, the, the thread that runs through all this is your, this sense of passion that you have, the, the, the just love of life, um, like where did where did that come from have did you learn that from people were you born that way well i think part of it is you know i think part of it is being born with certain genetic makeup obviously and um disposition but i think um can we control that you know, can we say, I, knew, I want more passion. So somebody uh, comes to you, Kathy, and says, hey, um, I feel I'm a little stuck. Um, I, I feel like I want to be more engaged, more, I want to have more, you know, passion. It's not a funny loaded okay. word, but yeah. Um, what would you say to someone like that? Well, I first of all, Listen, I mean, I, I, I'm a listener. I think, I think <clears throat> um, answering, <clears throat> excuse me one second, answering both uh, two sides of that, um, starting in the beginning, there's two things that came to mind when you asked the question. I was raised in the military. We had to move every three years. Uh, we being my family, Air Force, which meant I had to go into a new environment from Hawaii to Brazil to Wisconsin to California and to Alabama. And through all of these moves, you had the opportunity to see how different people, how people from different parts of the country and world did things. And, and you also had to put your hand out and say, hi, I'm Kathy, what's your name? In third grade and in sixth grade and in 11th grade. And if you wanted to have a boyfriend or a best friend or whatever, you had to learn to connect uh, because you were coming in in your freshman year or your you know, 11th grade, junior year as a new kid. In the and so I think there was a training there. And I hear that military kids sometimes have this. Um, they're also neurotic sometimes. So I think it goes hand in hand. And um, and I own both of those. But um, I think the other side is I had tried to listen to people and help them find the confidence to discover and go after the things they enjoy doing. I just enjoy what I'm doing so much that there's never um, a workout element. You even, you know, you even said something a little early in the podcast. So you said something at our age, we have to get up and work at it. And I thought about that as you said it, and I go, well, that's not what I have to do, but that's what you have to do, but it's not. <laughs> again, languaging, but again, because Absolutely, I, my bad. I, no, but no, but it's not, but it's, it's true because I get, I get to get up and play at it. I just right. think, I mean, this is total play. I'm not working yes. on anything. I mean, I get, I, unless you call working like, you know, 
you know, going and hanging out with friends in a yoga class or heading to the, you know, the mountain and, you know, hiking. And if that's working, then yeah, I had to work. But to me, it's like, oh my gosh, I get to play and I, I count the right. minutes. till so it's like, oh my God, I get to get off. Like right now, I'm, David, I think he said this is going to go for, oh my God, I get to get off the phone and I get to get outdoors and I'm meeting my daughter and we're going to go for a bike ride. And that is the vitality that I think you're looking, you're asking about. And I think it kind of stems back to, I would, I have people do this in workshops. I said, you know, when people say, I hate working out and I ask them, I said, you know, we're born into these bodies. So I want you to go back. I want you to close your eyes. Go back to when you're in eighth grade and you're, I mean, eighth grade and you're eight years old, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever you're in, you're in grade school. And you're in your, you're the teacher is talking to you about you know, 12 times 12. And you know that, and you look and you know that it's five minutes to recess. I mean, it's five minutes before you can go out to the playground. So when you went out to the playground, what did you like to do? And I just try to get people back into that child. Like at one point in your life, and then I get women. And again, I talk, but I get women opening up. Oh my God, I loved it. I used to love to dance. Oh my God, I love horseback riding. I love this. And I just try to connect them back to a time when there are things you used to love. You've just forgotten about them. And if we can connect you to those, we can connect you. Like if you get on your horse every day, I promise you will have more energy throughout the day to do all these other things. And that will lead. And, you know, maybe I'll just finish with this. I remember David teaching one of my first aerobics classes in the, um, you know, eighties, early eighties. And a woman walking up to me after about a month and saying, Kathy, you know, I can't believe because this, this is a generation that was pre title nine. They didn't have equal opportunity in sports and all those other things. And they weren't really on football teams and basketball teams. And they didn't know how to move their bodies. And she came, she goes, I don't know what shifted, but I have to tell you, I feel so good. And I went and talked to my husband and I want to go back to work now. And I've always wanted to be a writer. And I don't know, there's a, there's a connecting to the spirit of what turns you on that will connect you to the spirit of the rest of your life is my belief. That is so well said. I, I and I'm, I'm, I believe hundred percent. I think these things are contagious. I think that, um, I'm a big believer in play. I mean, you know me. I'm yeah, I know. <laughs> even though you said work, I knew you meant play, but you said work. <laughs> I know. Bad language, my bad. Um, but I, I think that this sense of um in in the same way, that example that you, the negative example you brought up earlier of saying, like, well, I'm, you know, because we're older, our feet or our knees or whatever, that's also contagious, not in a good way. And I think that going out there and if, if we're able to bring that, that spirit of curious, open play, essentially, to some small part of our lives, it, it grows. And it, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's try this. Like, you know, what do we got to lose? Um, it's fine. Let's, let's go do this thing. And I, I think that that is, you know, if, if there's a, we talk a lot at Super Age about, you know, the different things people eat and the exercise programs and, and meditating and all, all the sort of things that are, you know, we think are good. But I think that really is this idea of play, I think is so essential. I, um, I'm just going to tell you a quick story. So okay. um, this was about 
I was about 50. I'm a white guy without a lot of hair and I'm living in New York. And um, I, for some reason I got into my head, I wanted to learn how to salsa dance. And I took one lesson and the woman said to me, you're just a, this is not gonna work for you. You have no sense of rhythm, beat, music, any of this. She said, you need to get back to basics. And I said, okay, what's that? She says, you need to learn African dance. And I said, okay. So, so I look up African dance and I go to the Geneva School, the, the Geneva School of Dance and Drum, which was on 18th Street on a fifth floor loft. And I go in there. Um, I'm the only white guy in the room. It's probably... 50 women of which 40 appear to me to be professional dancers and there's about 15 African guys with drums going ba 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 and um, it was I mean I spent six months in like just utter confusion <laughs> I don't know like what it just made no sense to me at all and and then I kind of got it and it became like really fun um, and um, anyway, I just, I just bring that up as like things that seem, like it would seem impossible to me. It was like if you'd like drop me into Beijing and said, go like speak Mandarin, it was just impossible. <laughs> um, but I, you know, but like I got it and it was like really fun and um, we should go dancing sometime. I got like awesome moves now. Oh, good. I love to dance. <laughs> My favorite thing actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, Kathy, this has been such a joy. I, oh, wait, I gotta, um, I wanna ask you, because before we, we take off, there's, like, you are really at the pinnacle of the fitness industry and really the, the fitness knowledge pyramid. Um, is there anything you wanna let people know about out there that you've come across lately that's just a real game changer? Hey, you should, like, check this thing out. What, you know, new process, food, equipment, anything like that? Anything come to mind? Oh, definitely. It's something I'm passionate about right now. And that, using that word again, uh, and that is uh, Be Strong Blood Flow Restriction Training. And BFR, which stands for Blood Flow Restriction, is starting to gain popularity. It's starting to gain recognition, but it's still a bit new for most people. Um, so keep your eyes, ears, whatever, open to that concept. And I'm hoping that, David, you can bring um, somebody here in town, Dr. Jim Stray Gunderson, who's the creator of Be Strong. And just to give your audience a quick snapshot, blood flow restriction training has been around for over 50 years, mainly in Japan. It is, sounds maybe a little scary, but actually what it is is something that resembles a, a blood pressure cuff that you put on the upper part of your limbs, your arms and your legs. Uh, and you use a little pump and you pump it up and it modifies the blood flow in that limb. So for instance, in your bicep, if I put it or on your arm, if I put it at the top of your arm and you did a bicep curl, the blood would flow into your arm, that's the arterial blood flow, as it, flow, it was trying to flow out of your arm or the venous return, it would slow down a little bit. You'd slow down the blood flow. And what really happens then, it, it 
kind of tricks your body into thinking you're working out harder. So instead of lifting a very heavy weight that might hurt your joints or you might not even be capable of, you can lift a very lightweight, a five pound weight, and you can be doing bicep curls. And now your body is thinking, wow, I'm lacking oxygen down here. I am having... Um, you know, some fatigue here. I must be working out very hard. And it sends a signal to your brain. And we call that a systemic response. We have a systemic response where it tells your body, I need to release human growth hormone and other hormones because I'm working out hard. And that's what, and, and these kind of hormones are released when you're working out hard. So the long and the short, and I know that we have, we could do a whole, I could do an entire podcast on this, but the long and the short is that you, all the hormones that we talk about that start to lessen and de decrease as we age, we now can maintain them or, you know, spike them. And that spike helps with maintaining muscle mass, maintaining bone density, maintaining, um, you know, heart vessels and, you know, capillary, microcapillary infusion where we, um, you know, we, we gain more capillaries so that everything in our body is oxygenated a little bit better. And as we know, with more oxygen to all the cells in our body, we perform better and oxygen equates to energy. So you want to know how to get energy, get oxygen into your body. And this is one way of doing it. So that's a summation of a, of a concept. I hope I explained that okay. I got it. I think it sounds great. Um, I'm actually, I want to hook up with Jim sometime next week and, and, and check this out. Um, um, BFR, right? BFR. B and, and yeah, the one, there's different uh, brands. There's different um, companies that there's about three companies doing it now. The company that I'm uh, in full disclosure and I'm working with this company now, but it's, it's because I believe in it. There's only been about, oh, there's been a few major fitness movements that I've seen in my 40 years that, that I, that have changed the industry. One being spinning, one being stepping, you know, you know, obviously there's the Pilates and yoga, but this is, this is going to, this is the next 20 years. The game changer for the next 20 years or so is going to be blood flow restriction training. So keep, and, and mainly just start educating. I would encourage everybody to start getting more information because it's exciting. It's an exciting field and it's only growing. So anyway, Amazing. Thank you for that tip. Um, that's great. We're going to check that out. Um, Kathy, so wonderful to have you. I, I think one of the, you know, I've been sort of sheltering. I feel like I, I ran away from home. I used to live in Los Angeles and I'm here for a little <laughs> while. Um, but it's been, you know, one of the highlights of being here in Park City is meeting you and, and getting to hang out and, and find out what you're all about. And um, I just, a, a huge thanks uh, for your time today to be on Super Age. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me and ditto back to you. It's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait for the next 20, our tw next 20 years together, however it, it, it uh, un unfolds because it is so much fun this time, this time of our lives. And we have a lot, we have a lot going on. And I mean, meaning we have a lot to discover and I, I, I look forward to discovering many things and sharing many things, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, professionally or even as we go through, you know, our lives with, you know, your wonderful people that you've connected with and your wonderful relationships and your wife and everybody else, but just in, in general, this idea of, I love creating communities of people that are like-minded, that are thinking about the future and how we're going to live and making it fun. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care, Kathy. 
Okay. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to the Super Age Show today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Super Age, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can reach out and connect with me anytime you want. I really look forward to hearing what you're up to, what your questions are. We can ask our guests um, any questions that you send in. Love them. And you can do that at david at superage.com. David at superage.com. Shoot me an email. Um, Let's connect. Let's find out what's going on. And the next time you have some time, you know, maybe you're on a run or you're on your spin bike or you're driving to the store, you know, give us a listen. We're here to help you become the best version of yourself. Let's super this thing. Have a great week.